am I? You're in the Ministry of Defense. It's 1997. You've been cryogenically frozen for 30 years. Who are these people? The shouting is a temporary side effect of the unfreezing process. Yes, I'm having difficulty controlling the volume of my voice! This is Commander Gilmore, U.S. Strategic Command, and General Borshevsky, Russian Intelligence. Russian Intelligence? Are you mad? A lot's happened since you were frozen. The Cold War's over. Well, finally those capitalist pigs will pay for their crimes, eh? Hey, comrades? Hey? Austin, we won. Oh, groovy, smashing. Yay, capitalism. (laughs) (laughs) Yay, capitalism. Oh, man. So, fun fact, 97... Yeah, he had been frozen for thirty years. Is now twenty three years ago. Right, it's, it's so almost another thirty almost, years. <laughs> yeah, it's almost right in the middle. Right, and it seemed like we had won, and capitalism right. came out on top. Now, and the Russians were were no longer enemies, and now we're kind of back. History. Are you saying itself. I should question capitalism? Is that what you're never? Saying? I would never do that. Not in this uh, great country of ours. I um, it's twenty twenty, of course, now, and. It is as hot as uh, the surface of the sun in my apartment. <laughs> I don't know how it feels uh, where you are. I don't remember it being this hot in 97. Um, well, I have air conditioning blasting for weeks on end. Yeah. I mean, it's going to yeah. cost thousands of dollars. But Yay, I- capitalism. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> no, I know. It's true. Uh, we have one uh, window unit that kind of cools. We can sort of open the doors and cool cools two that corner. rooms. Yeah, yeah. And if you leave <laughs> yeah. those two rooms, your skin starts to melt off right, like Raiders right. of the Lost Ark and then you run back. But even then, uh, yeah, same thing. I think our uh, our bills will be higher. Yeah. So. yeah. Anyway, I, but enough uh, about it, us. It's worth it. It's worth it. Um, <laughs> yeah, Got to keep really those, those animals happy, too. Oh, man. That, it's a big concern. Mm, yeah. It's yeah. a big concern. Anyway. Um, it is very hot, and uh, we're here back to just talk about movies and shit. Um, it's, uh, you know, it's our it's favorite thing. the end of August, and we'll get into it more later, but we're in a we're in a um, a weird time right now where movie theaters are reopening, and so yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll get into it uh, as it comes up, but, um, you know, we're on the verge of being able to see movies in theaters again. I don't know when that'll happen in L.A., but a lot of the country is and most of the world is. So Outside that's, of like New York and California, I think uh, everybody's trying for the to most part yep it's it's coming yeah they're reopening so uh we'll see how that all goes but let's start with talking about some movies that we've watched um i've watched quite a few in the last okay, couple you start. Of weeks um well i'm gonna start with one that i didn't finish and it's it, it's rare that i would even talk about something that i i deliberately didn't finish because it was just uh I won't even say it was bad as much as I just personally was so annoyed by it. Um, and it's okay. Amer- an American pickle. <laughs> um, Interesting. Cause Jess and I did finish this. You yeah. go on. Uh, I guess all that I need to say about it is that the concept I love, I'm a mm-hmm. fan of like time travel stuff. I have no problem with how silly it is, you know, the concept. Um, but uh, it, was as if a six-year-old made a movie or something <laughs> like I, I and I like Seth Rogen also I it it just strikes me as maybe maybe his like I don't know it it, it is it was such a struggle it was so dumb 
and it was so uh, elementary to me. Um, and I realized that a lot of people commented when it came out that they enjoyed it. You know, they had a fun time with it and all that stuff, but I just thought it was, they had an, I guess here's the thing you watch it and it had this opportunity to be this really nice story between, and, and granted I didn't finish it, so I don't know, (laughs) I don't know know how they resolve it, but I, I, in the middle or it was, it wasn't like I turned it off after 10 minutes. I probably watched like an hour and 10 minutes of it or something. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and I was just like, this is so annoying, uh, from a writing and performance standpoint. And most of the side characters were also really really garbage um i think i turned it off when he was like taking interns in the park or something like that and i was like (laughs) how do you mean on the writing are you talking like story beat are you talking like plot or are you talking like just their dialogue back and forth um both i i guess the overall plot the beats of it i i are not i i don't really have any problem with but there are there's so much of the dialogue that I was just like, really? This is you're you're choosing to tell <laughs> the story this way with this ener- level of energy. I, I don't. It was just so bad. And um, granted, that I realized that a lot of people probably really liked it because they weren't. I don't know, picky about it. I don't know. I don't know. You as a writer, picky. what did you think? Pickles. Yeah, yeah. And Jess yeah. and I liked it. We enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah. I mean, I, I wasn't gonna. I'm not gonna rave about it. But sure. um, yeah, yeah. But I definitely didn't come away. Um, with that feeling at all, really through it. Now, granted, I I kind of look at Woody Allen movie. I'm sorry, Seth Rogen movies at this point, <laughs> like I would look at well, common. I was, common yeah, I was getting that very common. No, but I look at them as I would look at a Woody Allen Woody Allen movie, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. Because in the sense that like Woody Allen movies are the presentation is not. Um, it's not like he's grabbing actors to. Like a lot of times Woody Allen will just write the stereotype intentionally. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like and and like there's a world that's sure. built there and you kind of accept it within that world and that tone. And I feel that way about Seth Rogen stuff too. If that makes sense. I feel that way about Adam Sandler stuff also, even though I don't always like it. I, I would never um, call I would never call the dialogue or motivations in a Woody Allen movie juvenile. And this movie was yeah. the most juvenile thing I think I had seen. Listen, in yeah, so I, I I'm like, not saying in any way they yeah. parallel each other in the sense of what they're You're doing. just talking. Yeah, I, broad, I just mean like characters. In, and, yeah, in the yeah, world yeah. they build. Yeah, yeah. I think they they both paint with broad brushes uh-huh. in a lot of senses in order to get maybe a more exact idea. You know what I mean? Told, sure. But not really getting hung up on. This is part of the. We've talked about this before. But this is part of the reason that I think Kate Blanchett stands out so much in oh. you know Blue Jasmine because I think she's doing like full, you know, multi leveled acting. Yeah. And then you've got like the Italian stereotype is next to her and like Louis C.K. playing Louis C.K. Right. And everybody else is doing like a very different thing. Um. So anyway, uh, my my our take on it, I think for both of us was just that yeah, we enjoyed it. We thought it was funny. Uh, we liked the concept too. Uh. But, you know, nothing to write home about. But I did not – I definitely did not um, – we didn't come away annoyed by it or anything like that. Yeah. So I, I we made get, it to the end. But honestly, though, the last 10 minutes are really what it's all about. No, okay. No, I mean, I'm maybe. I don't know. It's Fuck. M. Night Shyamalan level. <laughs> Good M. Night. No, I'm just kidding. Good M. Night. 
<laughs> no, if you turn it off at that point, um, there's nothing that's going to save it for you. Okay, like, you know what I mean? Like enough, as much yeah. as like I don't feel the same way, there's nothing. There's no reason to return yeah. and like yeah. think that it's going to come around. I, I don't. I don't like. I, I really, I really don't like the idea that I, I couldn't finish it. But like this is also coming from someone who just watched Money Plane. Also, like <laughs> I watched Money Plane all the way through, and. <laughs> And I couldn't get through an American how is, pickle. How was Money Plane? Um, <laughs> well, so you know, Money Plane is more of a uh, uh, an exercise in um being interested in what things get made, and you in thinking about uh, you know to use the phrase, how did this get made? But more specifically, <laughs> like how how do all of these people participate in this business of making this movie, a multi-million dollar business um, and kind of be on board with it and kind of allow it to be what it ends up being. It, it's more just a, a, an experiment and kind of just fascination and watching, watching a train wreck, you know, an American pickle is like an HBO, you know, original movie essentially HBO is known for very high quality content Seth Rogen isn't but he also has been a part of some stuff that I really really enjoy so you just would think that the needle would be more you know on on the quality side whereas you know Money Plane is a, a disaster of a movie but for some reason, you know, you know that going into it. So I think that's the thing that yeah, there's a difference. Is a yeah, struggle. Sure. Expectation for me is huge. Expectation is, is huge. that you can't release something under the HBO name and uh, let it be this bad um, because people are going to have a higher expectation for it, like you're saying. So I don't know. That was just a real struggle for me, American Pickle. But Money Plane. The reason I watched Money Plane was because. How did this get made? Did an episode on it recently, and our friends, uh, our friends, are the fantastic people at Red Letter Media put out a half in the bag episode on it. So mm. that I feel epi- like they are our friends. I mean, they feel know, like friends. They, <laughs> they they have a half in the bag episode on it that I haven't watched yet, but I did that just so that I could be ready with you know the knowledge mm. of this movie. Mm. Um, right. And goddamn, I, you should really watch Money Plane because it is <laughs> fascinating. Okay. All right. Yeah. I mean, duly wow. noted. Wow. Duly noted. Uh, anyways, what are some things be you've been watching? Watch Money plan. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I actually um, finally got around to seeing uh, the lighthouse. Oh, cool. Um, which Dummy. I had never seen. Yeah. Um, I I didn't care for that one. <laughs> That's um, fair. That's I fair. I mean, they're definitely thing. It just wasn't my style. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I thought. I mean, I thought it looked incredible. Uh, you know, I'm not going to argue with like the talent of everyone involved. Yeah. I just, by the end of it, I was just like, man, I, I just don't care. You know what I mean? Like I'm (laughs) trying to get to the end. I love it. Yeah. I'm going to make it to the end, but I don't, I don't care. I'm just getting to the end to make sure that I've, I've gotten to the end. Um, Right. Right. Did you ever see a boy erased? No. It's about the, basically the, it's a true story. Um, a, a young man, he's gay, uh, going to the conversion therapy. His father's a minister. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Is that what it's called? Yeah. A Boy Erased? I think it's just called Boy Erased. With Nicole Kidman? Mm-hmm. As the mom. Yeah, I did see. I'm sorry. That Wow, that's weird that uh, that name doesn't strike me at all. But yes, I did see it, yes. And yeah, it was uh, great. 
great. I watched great that. Movie. I mean, devastating, but yeah, yeah so yeah. so good. Um, I mean, just like powerful stuff. Uh-huh. Not very frustrating and um, you know, heartbreaking stuff. Yeah, but like, but really, really good. Like, high recommend. Um, if you're if you're ready to just feel terrible, <laughs> right about about everything. I don't yep. know. I don't know what else to say about it on that one. Along the lines of the clip we played, I watched an older <laughs> movie. Um called I don't know if you've ever even heard of this, but it was actually up for uh, some Oscars. Have you ever heard of the Russians are coming? The Russians are coming? No. Okay, so I mean we're talking a you know, sixties flick, height of the height of the Cold War. Sure. But it's got a ton of people. It's one of those big, big um ensemble movies. It's got Carl Reiner, Eva Marie Sa- Marie Saint, um Alan Arkin as a young cool. much younger guy. Yeah. Um and it's it's literally a Russian sub is spying on America. And so one of these kind of outer banksy little towns, except it's more Northeast, mm-hmm. um, their sub essentially like stall. I can't remember exactly like stalls or can't get, I don't know if it's ever really explained and they have to like come ashore. And then these, these people that are essentially in like a town oh, of a couple hundred cool. think the Russians are invading and cool. they're the first wave. So right. you've got like the small town sheriff having to like try to rally the troops to like go after these people. And it was, what a great it was, concept. Oh, it's, it's, it's a lot it, of yeah. fun and yeah. it's real silly too. Like it's real goofy. And the ultimate message in the end, everybody, you know, it's just that we're all human beings and right. we're all, you know, right. be fine and let's not blow each other up. <laughs> but I got to say, man, I, I found myself being very depressed that, like, we don't have, like, a world enemy right now because we have ourselves. <laughs> like, we can't even, you know what I'm saying? Right. We're not even, like, the, the whole message of that and kind of the sadness of that was sort of like, look, we're all human beings, even though we're two different nations. Right. Now it feels like, hey, listen, we're all human beings. We should all be on the same page, even though we're in the same place, yeah. in the same government, in the same From country. the same place, yeah. Um, yeah. But it's fun, man. If you have the opportunity to watch it, like, it's dated. You know, it's good. a 60s comedy, but it's, it's, it's kind of hokey, but it's a lot of fun. It's real silly. It's kind of like... A mad, 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 mad world. If you ever saw yeah. that, and some of those sixty kind of screwball, uh, Jerry Lewis style type of comedies, I guess. But um, but big ensemble, a lot of fun. Uh, That's cool. Worth checking out. Um, that is uh, obviously your prerogative. You're always going to watch uh, the older stuff, <laughs> correct? <laughs> and I <laughs> rarely do. Um, but I will try to put that back on my list. But speaking of a little bit older movie, um, I did go to a drive-in a few weeks ago. Or a couple oh, of weeks shit. ago, and saw Grease. Um, How was that? And I've been the, wanting to go to a drive-in since I started popping I, up. Here. I've done now too, but um, I, the reason I bring it up is I would highly recommend. I think they're still running stuff in September. Uh, the Street Food Cinema uh, Group, okay, um, because there are many different drive-in groups and yeah, all the pop-up drive-ins and all kinds of shit going on. But Street Food Cinema had a pretty good setup. Uh, even with my high standards. So uh, this, and they do, they have a couple of locations that they're alternating right now between Malibu and the Brandeis um, college campus in Simi Valley. So it's not at all close to us, mm-hmm. you know, right. um, but, but we could oh, do I mean, Malibu. We it's closer that. to me, but the Brandeis one was cool because it's um, that's a, that's a Jewish, uh, you know, uh, uh, college and um the parking lot that they had the screen set up in is right in front of the uh building from power rangers <laughs> their home base <laughs> from power rangers awesome. that they like zoom through the little 
tube yeah, yeah. down into and so that you know that that's a that's a that's a temple that's a real you know building and temple out there and so it's it was just wow. cool because it was right there and um i couldn't like go into it or go around it or anything but um but it was just really really good and they had it's a blow up you know inflatable screen but it's very large they had a very good projector um and uh, it was still, you know, um, sound over the FM radio, but it was all done very well. They had, uh, it's called Street Food Cinema. So there were like three food trucks and a kettle corn maker. And um, and it was just good. It was very comfy. The only thing about it is that you get stacked based on your car size. So me in a, in a SUV is going to go further back because they're not raked positions. So, um, but they're really good. They got parking attendants. They totally line you up properly and everything. So felt very good. Uh, it was good quality. And I think with the Malibu one also, you're pretty far out. You're not near anybody. You know, you're like on a big piece of land. So it's just very private feeling, you know, you're not like in a parking lot, you know, in, in the city. So, Anyways, did that, saw Grease, loved it. Um, and uh, and I have some you know movies that I watched at home that I want to talk about too. But uh, but you go, you tell me some more. Okay, well yeah, the, uh, another one that I was going to say that's uh, very new and pretty silly, but was actually uh, uh, pretty fun. Um, did you did you see the previews for Magic Camp? No, you see that one yet? Um, so it's someone it immediately uh, blank on his name. It's it's nothing that's uh, you know anything kind of incredible, but um, it's Adam Devine. Oh, okay. Um, and it's uh, it's literally just a Netflix, you know, flick, hour and a half or whatever. Oh, got it. But it's the essentially he he wanted to be this magician and went out into the world and didn't really achieve anything, and now he's been called back to be a counselor for a summer magic camp, which is where he started. Who else do you cast in that other than Adam oh, no, Devine? Well, that's kind of why I was bringing it up. It's like it's he's a perfect the only Adam Devine, person. yeah, vehicle. <laughs> um, but it's uh, you know, it's just him with with all the scrubs, you know, mm-hmm. essentially. So it's it's one of those bad news bears type flicks, you know, sort of reworked, but Wonderful. in the world of magic. And I actually was chuckling a lot at that throughout. So that's cute. Anyway, we thought that was pretty funny. Um, that you know, sounds wonderful. N- again, nothing amazing, but, uh, but you know, if you're looking for something to watch that, some, <laughs> right. Some chuckles, right. that's one of them. I did a little more, uh, TV this week, but I'm, I'm Ooh, holding on to that TV. To yeah. Your, we'll, we'll get, get into the TV flicks. section in a bit. Um, a couple that I'm just going to throw out names to, um, I watched a movie called triangle from a few years ago, which is about a, a kind of a boat, um, situation in the Bermuda triangle. Bermuda triangle. It yeah. sounds really like dumb, but it, uh, I would highly recommend it. It's an Australian movie and it's supposed yeah. to take place in like Florida, but they shot it, you know, over there. And, um, it's got um, a decent cast. It's got like uh, Liam Hemsworth is in it and uh, some yeah. other people that we know, you know, um, the other but, Hemsworth. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I would highly recommend watching it just because of how they tell the story. You know, it's a, it's a Bermuda Triangle story, so it's mystical and weird and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But it's a very, very well told, you know, style um, that I don't think I've seen quite that way before. Um, so highly recommend that. Watched a movie called Boys State on Apple TV plus, which is a documentary about the, um, the, uh, American Legion kind of boys political, uh, conference that, mm. you know, like 18 years, I think it's like 17, 18, 19 year olds do this conference, um, in Texas. And yeah, and we probably saw yeah. some trailers 
uh, you know, six months ago, but um, it's a pretty interesting look at this weird event that happens. Um, and it just gives you some context for American politics <laughs> and more specifically mm-hmm. men, you know, uh, in politics um, because it is just a, a uh, boys conference. So right. Um, right. pretty weird. Watched Project Power on Netflix. Um, that was enjoyable. You Did you guys watch that? that? No, I, man, I will be honest. I cannot uh, get motivated to watch that. I don't know what, why. why I'm, I don't get I it. I don't know. I just, I see it and I'm like, ah, everybody's watching this. I no, was even talking it, to Jess about this and I was I, like, I don't, uh, I don't know. There's nothing, it, and there's all good people in it, but I it just It looks don't like it would be it. bad based on the style and kind of maybe even the name. There are some It feels elements. like the old guard to me, which I also felt the same way. I was just like, ah. You haven't watched the old guard? I did. I oh, did. We you actually did. Okay. talked about okay. it. But, oh, okay, uh, I forgot. But yeah. A couple episodes ago. But well, Project Power is better than I thought it would be. It's got a really solid script. The performances are very good. The um, it's got a kind of an unlikely cast. I think a lot of the people in it are are kind of against type. You know, uh, mm-hmm. for for movies like this, um, I really enjoy it. It's got some good action. Okay. It's definitely kind of in the same vein as the old guard kind of like a silly action netflix movie but it yeah um it's it's got a little bit more than that and it it definitely has i think one of my favorite things about it is just the design of the movie um you know production design wise every mm-hmm. location and every bit of wardrobe and production design and everything was just kind of more interesting than normal and if i if, and if i have to pinpoint something about the old guard that sticks with me is how bland that movie was. It feels Mm -hmm. like gray and project power very literally is colorful, like the whole movie. And so I would recommend it. Yes, it's good. Fair enough. Right on. Okay. Yeah. Um, there's a documentary called inmate one, the rise of Danny Trejo. (laughs) What? (laughs) What is this on? I don't know online. Yeah, don't tell me anything. I'll <laughs> no, watch I mean, it. We'll review it next it's, time. <laughs> it's a it's a oh, yeah. it's a documentary, but it's um I don't I don't know that it's streaming on any free services, but a oh, lot of these you. are VOD movies. But they're new. You know what I mean? I'm talking about them because mm-hmm. they're if if movie yeah, yeah. theaters were open, this is this one that'd be stuff. in a theater. Um, there was a movie called Freaks that I also recommend you watch. Uh, from a couple of years ago, it's got a great cast. Like Bruce Dern is in it, and Emil hmm. Hirsch is in it. And it's if you think of like what X Men would be if it were very dark and adult, um, as compared to New Mutants, which is X Men and is coming. Uh, obviously, out. <laughs> I realize that Similar? that is feels derivative. This is from two years ago. It came. Is out. this like horror though? Like that's what I'm at. Why I'm asking? Like, it's is it that kind of sort style? of like, in that vein? Yeah. Okay. I wouldn't call it real horror, but um, definitely in that vein. Um, and I think it was on Netflix. I forget. Anyways, check out Freaks all right, all right. Um, and uh, check out Money Plane. <laughs> yeah, well, 100%. All in on Money Plane. Oh, my God. And then make one. Well, you have to watch Money Plane and then listen to the How Did This Get Made because they, okay. really, they really make it very satisfying. Which, by the way, okay. How Did This Get Made released a Swordfish episode recently. Did you see that on there? I did. Did you listen yeah, to it? I've listened. Okay, yeah, of course. Yeah. We just that was did a commentary. I had to listen. It's I, extremely satisfying to hear someone fun. else talk about it. Yeah. It's very um, fun. They uh, they touched on, obviously, all the things that we talked about that were 
ridiculous, but they had less found it less charming, I believe, yes, than we did. did not we, care. That was the that was the difference in there. We hit on all the same points and we found it an enjoyable ride. They brought they up the not. thing that you were talking about a bit, which is was he um did he have plastic surgery to look like right. someone that they killed? Right. right. And I still do not think that that's the actual plot. No, I think you're right. I think you're right because I, I, that's what I had always kind of thought. And I, and I do think he's had surgeries, but now I feel like what you, once you presented kind of your thought on it, I just feel like that makes more sense. Well, the idea was that, okay. So like at the end of the movie, they say we looked up, you know, we tried to find Gabriel, you know, the Mossad agent, and mm-hmm. we couldn't find, you know, or, or no, they say the the dental records match right. uh, a Mossad agent. But, like, things like that are, are in action movies don't mean anything because it's right. like, well, okay, it couldn't, it, if, it's, if, it's, if it's a fake body, it could have been a copy of someone's teeth. Like, it, yeah, you know, there's yeah, yeah. a million yeah. things that right. um, I just, I don't, I don't think that he got surgery to look like someone that they killed but i think that that was just like how did this get made they just were like that's what happens they were just adamant about that i don't know i don't know ultimately whatever the answer is it matters so much less to me than (laughs) than the um now what about bob what's the one drop dead fred it matters so much less to me than their great drop dead Fred. Uh, yeah, the debate. argument. Yeah, that one to me gets my blood boiling because it seems so obvious to me that one thing is accurate. Um, well, okay. <laughs> Which side were you on? <laughs> so, at the point where they go into the room and Fred is amongst the other, yes, you know, uh, that's uh, the kind of friends. deciding scene in the movie to me i mean th- yeah. this is the this is the same as i know i ranted and raved about forrest gump last time this is the same to me about in forrest gump where i have some friends who have said is forrest a reliable narrator right like we can't believe anything he says right they directly address that right when he pulls out the magazine with himself on the cover mm-hmm. he's not a mastermind trying to trick you he's an no, idiot right. so right so he pulls out the magazine after the guy doubts him they let right. the audience doubt along with this one character he walks away sure then you see forrest bring out fortune magazine I just think when you put a scene in like that, it is either bad writing, like you've either made a huge mistake (laughs) or that was the intention. Now, we can argue the huge mistake thing, but I'm just not going to go to that place. So to me, Drop Dead Fred, it's like he's 100% a real – that's the same as Beetlejuice to me where Beetlejuice goes to the waiting room. You know, He's in a different world. He exists. He might, yeah, exist on a different plane, but he is a a functional character. Can't just be one. And passing it on to the other girl. You know what I mean? Uh Like at the end Uh where the other girl, I don't – you know what I mean? It's like I don't think takes one to know one crazy person. Sure. You know, I just think – anyway. There's so much nuance to that argument though. That know, it's not just a function of is he real or not. It's there's so much more to it that you could pick apart. So Sometimes you got to simplify to wrap quite, your mind around something, Kelly. <laughs> that's quite an argument. I'm uh, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna have to <laughs> listen to that episode again. It's um, a fun one. So. Okay, so let's move on to TV. You ready? TV. Uh, I am ready. What have you been watching? Um, so uh, done more TV this week uh, than I have normally. Um, just been doing a lot of TV. You will be happy. I'll kick it off with this to know (laughs) 
that I went in on CBS All Access <laughs> so I can watch all the Star I'm, Trek. I'm not happy about this. <laughs> so we can so we can do this thing no, together, No, no, that's buddy. true. We're going to do and it together. I, uh, we are. I, uh, I watched several episodes of Lower Decks. Cool. The first three um, are available, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I've watched two. I've watched two. Okay. Right. Um, they're fun. I've had a good time. Uh, they're pretty funny. They're not blowing my mind by any means. The third um, episode is the best so far by far. Okay. I would put those first two, like out of 10, I would rate those first two like maybe like a four. Mm-hmm. And this one I'd rate yeah, like a five. six and a half, seven. Okay. Um, All right. Cool. Uh, in terms of just like how well it's written and pacing and, and just everything. Uh, yeah. It's, right. They're, they're, I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily. It's tough because obviously Picard and Discovery have so many issues, and I think Picard is absolute trash. Whereas right. Discovery is a little bit of gray area for me. I, I enjoyed this most recent season much more, but I still wouldn't call it good. I would just say that I I enjoyed it more. I mean, it was such a low bar yeah. for me was set. Yeah. So, um, whereas this at least has that. Like I think I said last time, beautiful intro, aesthetic, beautiful music. Yeah. It's literally copying the TNG format generally mm-hmm. from from both the titles and the captain's log and, right. and right. all these elements. So it's hard not to enjoy all of those things. But I also I, it's it's something they struggle something, with the stories they're telling. For sure, uh, that's yeah. what I was going to say yeah. too. There's yeah. something really fun about obviously it's animated and it's yeah. a little bit silly, like it's a little bit hyper, you know, yeah. real or whatever. But uh, there's something fun about just seeing that version of the ships and the world and stuff that we like. That's our favorite version yeah. animated. Like it's fun to have the computer panels and stuff the 100%. same again, the screens the 100%. same again, the technologies, you know, the uniforms, all that stuff. So and also just ha- little things like I don't know if you'll know about this. But maybe we talked about this before, but. If you if you ever watch any of the very trippy seventies uh, series that they did oh, following the original yeah. Star no. Trek, <laughs> so that you know very old and very in that style, but right. But basically, they they did two seasons to try to finish out the five year mission, right? Because okay. they had done three seasons, which presumably sure. was three years, and then they do the and the la- by the last one they only give them like six episodes. Like the first season is like thirteen fourteen episodes, and they're like, right. all right, let's just finish it. Um, but what you get the advantage of in that animation is aliens that you couldn't do in the sixties yeah. and you could do them now. Yeah. But you've got, and you've got kind of famously, you've got this cat alien in a, you know, Starfleet uniform, but uh-huh. just a cat head. And yeah. he's, you know, telling, saying things, but also <laughs> meow, it's coming at us from the, you know this direction. And, and so it was dumb. always real silly, but like a fan favorite and yeah. just having the cat, uh, not officer, but the, uh, the you know cat character. It's um, a, that alien, whatever uh, it is. It's uh, it's the it's the medical. Yeah, officer. it's yeah, the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And just having that back is like yeah. a fun throwback. Like if you did, oh, like there's me, if you did see so it, many fun really warm references in the show service. in the first episode. They're on the. I think it was the first episode. They're on the planet, and she's driving in the the fucking like uh uh dune buggy from from nemesis yes, yes, yes. and it's, it's just great. like okay they obviously are making fun of yeah. all of this they're leaning and so in they're in, implementing all these these easter eggs but um yeah i, I it's on the edge of spoof right it's it's walking it, it, that yeah line exactly a bit, exactly so. i'm 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 not hating it but there are there are a lot of things that i don't like about it and I, and it just comes down to just tell better stories you know, you know, it's kind of the same problem with a Picard or something like that in that it's technically very well made. I mean, 
all the technical aspects, yes, are well done, but um, I think this is at least paced a little bit better and directed a bit better. So that's good. Mm. Um, anyway, so that's well, cool. I'm, I'm glad you're uh, catching up with that. I'm gonna I'm gonna rattle off two more real quick. Go for here, it, and then I'll let you knock out whatever you want, and then I want to end with one. But <laughs> okay, go ahead. Go but ahead. Uh, Jess has been crushing, and I've just seen some. I've been in and out. But uh, have you heard of Black Monday, or have you watched any Black? Monday? I haven't watched any. I know what it is. Yeah, it's good, good man. Um, I can't I can't uh, you know like put a full stamp on it because, like I said, I've been kind of in and out. Like mm-hmm. like Jess is the one who's just run right through like two seasons, but she loves it. Mm-hmm. And I, all the episodes I've seen, I've really, really enjoyed. Uh, sure. Don Cheadle is great. Paul Shear is great. You know, everybody's right. really good. It's in a good it. cast, yeah, for sure. And it's that fun, stupid, weird, over the top '80s era. Like, mm-hmm. you know, everything about that. Like, whether it's the fashion. I mean, there's right off the bat. I mean, I think your opening shot. You're looking at a uh, Lamborghini limousine, which I looked up, and it's a real car that existed. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, and so, and they're like, it's the Lambo lim- limo. There's nothing better than Lambo limo. Like, and, and just all, like, there's little things like that throughout Silly. that are so funny, but it also, yeah. you know, revolves around sort of the Reagan era stock market and the wall street, you know, movie that everybody knows that kind of, that right. kind of era. And it's, so it's a very, very dark comedy. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, like it's <laughs> emphasis on dark, but, but there's some hysterical stuff uh, in it and that's worth checking out. That's the other cool. one I wanted to recommend really highly is if you've got Disney plus um, into the unknown, Oh. It's a six-part documentary series about Frozen Two, which I didn't really, really enjoy that much. But um, I love along Frozen the lines too. of the Star Wars uh, uh, documentary series about the Mandalorian, yeah, which we've talked about, this is a really cool inside look with a, a lot of access at the um, process of these things, right? Oh, and all cool. the steps, and all the stages, and all the kind of banging your head against the wall, and and a lot of access to different departments. And, you know, from the story side, the director, you know, the people who are writing the music, bringing in the actors to do their voiceover at different stages and sharing sure. also having the animators coming in, showing how they literally will dance around the room and film themselves and mm-hmm. put themselves on the anime. So it's their face on top of a reindeer's head, mm-hmm. you know, just to get the idea of different movements of faces. And it's really, really cool. It's really fun. It's a, it's got an emotional weight to it because it kind of gets into these people's real lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so Into the Unknown, if you've got Disney Plus, that sounds great. check it out if you're I, at all Yeah, I'm going to check stuff. that out. Really Absolutely. Fun. So, anyway, it's it's amazing how much stuff there is and how yeah, like too much, really. virtually every week that we do this, you've watched totally different stuff than me. <laughs> and it's like, I'm watching a lot of stuff, man. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> so it's, it's true. Like, and, and you know what? Even though there's tons of streaming, it, this is where if we had theaters that are mm-hmm. around again, we will at least have five, six movies, I'm sure, every month that both of us went yes. to see that came right. out, right? Right. What regularly actually comes out. And then we might overlap on some streaming stuff. But now sure. it really is kind of just the Wild West of like it's we have mess. like yeah. 15 apps on our TV. Yeah, like, yeah. What's available? Okay, I let's watch know. this. Click like on this. this just dropped. And that's kind of how it is right and, now. And but, that's anyway. part of it is that I don't see news about it, but like I haven't clicked on Disney Plus in a yeah. while. Yeah. And right, if I just exactly. clicked on it, it probably would be right there, you know. So, and, I and just, this is why I know that COVID is a government conspiracy meant to keep <laughs> us apart, so we yeah. can't get behind the That's water cooler and talk about the same shows and movies. Um, okay, so real quick on TV, we've already talked about Ted Lasso. I think maybe even yes. off the pod, but I really, really, really think that you'll enjoy this. So far, I, I really know. enjoy it. Um, it's on Apple TV Plus, and. Um, it's just a really positive show. It's one of the more positive 
good-natured, good-vibe shows I've seen in years. Like, when I think of shows like that, I think of, like, Parks and Rec or something that's just really, really really comforting and positive. And that's how I feel about this uh, so far. Um, and I don't know anything about soccer or, you know, yeah. UK football or anything. And and it, it, it you don't need to. It's just f- really fantastic. I think it's wonderful. Jason Sudeikis so far is so, so good. Um, I start. Well, last Sunday was the first episode of Lovecraft Country, which uh, did you guys watch that? Not yet. I mean, we're, we plan on it, but we have not got around. Did you watch Watchmen? Yeah. On, oh, yeah. Yeah. So I'd put it in the same exact category of like, you know, they're both like sci fi, even one's mm-hmm. comic booky, but sci fi, um, you know, HBO shows. And so this Lovecraft Country, outstanding production value, I, I think as good as almost any HBO show so far. Um, it's, uh, you know, it, it's largely this first episode largely focused on the horrific racism and segregation in our country during this era. It's, you know, fifties era, um, kind of maybe post Korean war era. There's kind of some reference to that. Um, the, the actor's name, I, I didn't write down his name. I forget it, but he was the star of, uh, the last black man in San Francisco, which was one of my favorite movies last year. You told me, and he, he's an up and coming, like absolute a lister. He is so, so, so good. And uh, this show just was so much better than I thought it would be. And and we're just getting the glimpses of what the show is now. You know, it was just the first episode. So there's another episode tonight. But um, I think it's just outstanding. I'm Good note. I'm trying to remember. Did, I know I mentioned some podcasts last week. Did I mention uh, movies that changed my life to you last week? Do you remember? I know I threw out like, um, three or four. I don't remember if that was one. Maybe. It's an IMDb podcast, and it's it's mm-hmm. a lot of fun, man. They're pretty quick. They're like 30 minutes. And uh, I think I'm pretty sure I did because they're, they're movies that it doesn't – it's not all-time classics all the mm-hmm. time. You know, like sometimes somebody will say Citizen Kane. But most times people are like, you know uh, – Zoolander changed my life because sure. I wanted oh, you to did, get in a comedy. You did describe and this. Yes, okay. yes, yes. So he was the most recent guest that lead oh, actor you're talking cool. about. Right, right, right. I don't remember his name either. Sure. But, yeah. um, but it was cool. Like it, they, they've really done a broad kind of thing. You've got a lot of actors, you've got directors, mm-hmm. you've got writers and some in comedy, some in drama and of every kind of race and creed. So it's been cool. Do you it's, remember it's what he talked about or what movie? I remember he talked about um, Boys in the Hood. Right. Just because he was like, for the first time, he's like, I mean, it's dated, you know, in ways he's like, but sure. I, you know, like a lot of times you hear from different black performers where they say I had not been represented or I had never yep. seen myself. I mean, it really blew my mind to see right. myself represented there. That's the one that I, that kind of stands out in my mind. Um, he talked about something else that was pretty recent, but I, I don't remember, but, but it's cool. They're all good. They're all worth checking out. Movies That's that cool. changed my life. If you're looking for something to listen to while you're on the road, driving to, to finish up my thought on Lovecraft country, this is, this is not really related to anything, but I kind of learned or relearned uh, or was reintroduced to this horrific uh, segregation concept of that there were sundown towns and sundown counties in the South uh, through this era. And I I didn't really connect to what that was until watching it because it's horrifically depicted in, in Lovecraft Country. And... I don't know to what degree it's accurate how they mm-hmm. represent it, you know, but um, but I have to bring up that we just did Top Gun last week and the one black pilot's name is Sundown. I don't know if that's like a, a very, Holy shit. 
shit. aggressive reference to this concept or if there's something more general about or that term. Or if it has term, nothing to do with it. Yeah, or it ha- yeah, or if it has yeah. nothing to do with it. Wow. I mean, I don't know. But it just – when I saw it in the show, I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, we mentioned that in the podcast. That was his call sign was Sundown. That's um, wild. But anyways, watch this show because it, it, it is uh, not only – really powerful but like just so entertaining um you know because it's got so much fun sci-fi so far so um anyways um moving on i think uh last thing is uh season three finale of yellowstone is tonight and yellowstone Mm. is just continuing to get better and better and better in my opinion so um my mom and my brother pitched that show to me every time i talk to them watch it it's just so good (laughs) it's so so good i love it you're big costner people um Anyways, let's. Uh, oh, you said you wanted to end with something. You got yeah, I wanted to, to end yeah, on one that um, that I we just binged right through, um, mm-hmm. and it's called. I, I'm sure you've seen the advertisements all over the place, but uh, the Hunters. You know, that one oh with, yeah, uh, Al Pacino. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Did you watch any of that? You know, I didn't. No. Okay. So um, people keep stealing my ideas, Kelly. Uh, no one, no one will uh, uh, pay for these scripts, but they keep stealing my ideas. And do they know you're? The they're stealing your ideas. Um, I don't think so. Uh, oh. It's it's highly improbable, <laughs> as, as a lot of this stuff has not made the rounds and circulated. No, um, I, I we really enjoyed it. Um, right. It the best way I can describe it, it's very much doing the thing or attempting to do the thing. I don't know if it does it as well uh, that Quentin Tarantino does with his revisionist history stuff. Sure. Yeah. Where you're watching something that's very serious and it almost feels wrong because you know if you're watching Django Unchained, you're watching sort of the shame of a nation. Mm-hmm. And but then it's also kind of sexy, you know what I mean? Like it's like yeah. very pop art and comic booky. This is kind of what Hunters is. I don't know that it does the balance as well, but you know, you it's set in the seventies, mm-hmm. and you end up having this group of Jewish Nazi hunters for the Nazis right. that have come over to America, kind of underground and or been given passes, you know, by the government because they're scientists and they can help us beat the Russians or whatever it is. Right. It all comes back to Russia this week, <laughs> um, and so. It's a lot of fun. Like it's it's very much like a fun kind of. There's a joke here, or there, actiony '70s jive turkey type of thing. Mm-hmm. But then there are these flashbacks, and there's this context of the Holocaust, uh-huh. which is, you know, more like Schindler's List, more like The Pianist. Uh-huh. I mean, it is very much. Um, it's devastating. It's hard hitting. It doesn't pull any punches, mm-hmm. but it's also kind of horror movie style. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's like taking the most terrible things that happen. And it almost feels like, I don't know if that's a sacred thing you shouldn't touch. Like, I don't know. I can't really speak for mm-hmm. that. I'm, I'm not Jewish. I don't have any you know, relatives that have gone through it, but, um, but it takes those and it almost blows them up into these extreme circumstances, right? Like the worst thing you could possibly imagine. And maybe these things happened. M- my thought would be that most of these are, are, not embellishments in terms of the people that died, but in the mm-hmm. way something was crafted. I don't think you would even have the resources to do that, if that makes sense. I know I'm trying not to spoil it, so maybe I'm sure. maybe I'll just get off. You of just it, mean but, how how these things are represented in the show is right, hyper right. exactly. Yeah. So, like you know, you know about all these terrible situations where they'll like give a gun to one Jewish guy and say, "Okay, kill all these people, or mm-hmm. we'll we'll shoot you." Right? Like we mm-hmm. all we've all heard horror stories like that. I'm sure they yeah. happened in World yeah, War II, yeah. and things are just horrific. But in this case, it would be like, yeah, they went out into the woods and during the course of German efficiency and trying to exterminate people, and they built an entire chess, you know, board in the on the ground and made these Jewish people play against each other and actually kill each other. You know what I mean? On the chessboard as they competed on chess. So like, it's horrific, 
stuff just as horrific has happened to these people, but it also feels like a little bit like, all right, they, well, they probably didn't do that. Like they probably, yeah, didn't I, wonder, build the, I wonder, but who knows? I mean, but like, right. it could be some terrible, so I don't want to like dismiss it anyway. Yeah, so I'm yeah, all yeah, over the sure. place, but very enjoyable. Um, but it, ultimately it comes down to this plot that we've seen a couple times where, you know, the, the, the Nazis have, you know, survived underground from World War II. You saw this mm-hmm. in early Hitchcock movies in the 50s and 60s, and like they were still the main enemy because they're so easy to hate. And yeah. uh, and especially nowadays, it yeah. seems like we need to remind everybody to not like the Nazis. Right. But um, but it was a lot of fun. I highly recommend it. Um, I want to segue into the second ever Patrick's Pitch oh, segment. You got you got a, of you this got a show. Pitch. Now, for anybody who's a longtime listener and remembers, the only other Patrick's Pitch we've done was for an all-time classic, Black and Blue, which neither of us saw, I don't think. Did you see it? I didn't see it. Nope. Where, based on the trailer, I pitched a better version, <laughs> two better versions of the movie, as they could have done it. This one's a little nearer and dearer to my heart. As a kid, literally just playing in the backyard with a couple of my buddies, uh, TK and Andrew Franklin, we created our own uh, super uh, one-man army spy agent, uh, a la James Bond, uh-huh. CIA American agent. So our opening film in this 100-installment series that we enacted, which I've also actually written a, uh, a treatment for, is you start in Berlin. It's crumbling, Right. It's the end of the war, World War yep. II. You got the tattered banners of uh, of the swastikas, you know, hanging in the distance. We're doing the Tarantino revisionist history. It's not going to be the Soviets that storm Berlin and take it. It's going to be the Americans, baby, because, mm-hmm. you know, that's a little better, in why my not? opinion. Why not? Yeah, why not? All comes back to the Soviets. <laughs> um, and, you know, everything's just crumbling. All you've got really are these little blonde-haired, blue-eyed, you know, teenagers at this point, mm-hmm. the Hitler youth kind of defending you got Hitler down in his bunker, but you're following around this one colonel, general, who knows, some high-ranking officers is kind of walking through, and it's mostly his POV. He goes down into the bunker, right? And everybody's just running around. They're shredding documents, all this stuff. Pretty sure none of that stuff was in the bunker, but, you know, this plays cinematically. Uh, and he kind of cruises into uh, Hitler's private quarters or whatever. There's Ava Braun. And Hitler is just distraught, obviously. looks unhealthy. Hitler was never the master behind behind any of this stuff. This is the, what the story presupposes. He is a puppet that they put in charge in case everything crumbled. Weren't sure if they were quite ready to take over the world. Secretly, you've got a royal family of perfect Aryan beings, right? These perfect blonde-haired, blue-eyed, Brad Pitt-looking motherfuckers. And, <laughs> uh, and Hitler's just kind of their stooge, so he's saying, you did this, you know, you're the one. So essentially, they, they, he fakes the suicide, right? Like, he suicides Hitler, kills Ava Braun, sets it all up. And then he kind of crosses the, the bunker, gets to this little secret compartment, there's the royal family, right? You've got like maybe 12 little kids, like these perfect right. beings or whatever. And a couple of the moms are almost like the midwives and then this one soldier. And he essentially tells them the future, you know, is in your hands, like the family's relying on you, the perfect bloodline or whatever. They get away right as the Americans are storming up, you know, and you've got the, the swastika flag drops, the stars and stripes come up, and he's just walking, shooting, you know, the one Luger at all mm-hmm. these machine gun fire coming. You can see it happening, right? And then he just kind of drops. And, and then sure. you hit your opening segment. That's your teaser. That's your James Bond teaser. Mm-hmm. And you hit your opening credits, and your credits essentially are just a bridge of history, some real and some made up, and everything that's happened since, because this underground Nazi group has infiltrated 
every government in the world, right? Every organization, they're behind genetics research because they're trying to perfect the genome of, you know, this perfect Aryan race. They're behind all the technology because now they want to actually put the computers in our brains, which we're talking about nowadays, and actually control people as slaves where they won't have any pushback. And this has all been moving and they're just about to strike. This time they're going to take over the world from the inside instead of the outside. Boom, you hit the end of the credits. We introduce our main character. And that's how you kick off your first mission. I'm only pitching the teaser. Right. But Kelly, would you watch that movie? Yeah. So, I mean, what you're describing is a movie, not a series. It's a movie. It's a movie. Okay. It's a a single film. Hunter, you have a cold open set up. You have a uh, a, a credit sequence that gives you all the background. And essentially, then you're off and running with a, a spy or, or a, agent story. Yes. And the, and yeah. it's the standard bond from that point. It's the standard bond, uh, uh, uh kickoff point. It is the Mission. agent gone missing. Right. Oh, okay. And, yeah. Oh, we're communicating with other intelligence agencies. It turns out MI six, they're missing an agent, right? Like mm-hmm. this group's missing agent. We've actually been, no one knows why all mm-hmm. these people are going missing and how they have, you know, all these, all this information. Mm-hmm. And you have a brand new sort of splinter cell within the CIA, right? You've got this, well, not famous, but infamous agent. Uh, They just call him Smith from the 60s, who is now running his own kind of shadow company because he's always been pitching this. He's always wanted to have this one group he could kind of operate outside the lines Mm -hmm. or whatever. And because they're so desperate to have somebody that's off the books, they give this guy the go-ahead, and he picks his top guy, who's very green because it's got to be a first mission, right? This is a Casino Royale situation. He's very green, but he's like the best this guy's ever seen since himself. So that's our agent that gets thrown into the deep end the baby that gets thrown into the water so who, he can swim. Who who are you casting in this? You have any uh, ideas? Okay, yeah. So here's another. I don't I don't have a cast set anymore. Yeah, sure. But I did decide uh, recently not. To, I always talk about we shouldn't make this a big thing. You should bring in everybody. See who does the best thing. But I think it's strongest if we have an African American lead. Sure. Because you're going to get into that table setting monologuing situation at a certain point where mm-hmm. you've got the direct descendant of that general, mm-hmm. that colonel guy that's walking around essentially at the dinner table with all the gold plates and everything around when he's captured our lead and he's essentially talking to him about Aryan superiority, right? And the master race and everything. Mm-hmm. And the other guy's citing Jesse Owens kicked your ass, you know, at the yeah, Olympics. Yeah, sure, and there's like sure. little jabs like that. <laughs> and initially sure. it was going to be my, I honestly thought this through a long time ago when I was thinking about writing it. And I thought, well, you have your, your, white agent, basically a mold of myself, you know, much better version sitting at the table, defending like other groups that this Aryan guy thinks are inferior. Right. But the only reason he's seated at the table and given a dinner is because this guy honestly wants to like sit and shoot the shit with him. He's like, Hey, you know, I'm right. Right. Like it's almost like he's so confident. And then Mm -hmm. I thought, well, I don't think he'd ever invite anybody who wasn't like white, you know what I mean? To the table. Mm -hmm. But now I kind of feel like it'll be even more insulting if like they have like the lady that comes to clean the table and she's like, just dispose of the dishes. You know what I mean? Like, we'll just throw Mm -hmm. them out now that this guy's touched them. And I also don't want to do the white savior thing, which has been done, you know, a lot of times. For sure. Plus I think even better uh, time. Uh, What more topical time than to have that? Uh, Yeah. I've always talked about, you don't have to turn bond black. Let's write a black super spy uh, agent. And now uh, I've got him. Uh, uh, I've got them all, all worked out. So um, I, I dig it. I mean, I, what you just said is is good because uh, as much as we love James Bond, you know, Ian Fleming is steeped in in a lot of problematic uh, opinions and behavior. Yep. And it just it, we don't need it anymore. We can we can we can come up with spy movies, 
you know, the only reason it's James Bond is because it's name recognition, I guess. Right. But it, right. But, like, there's not really any other factor that is unique to any other spy story, you know? So, 100%. Uh, yeah, do it. I'm stoked. <laughs> I think, I I'm think stoked. It's the next script on the horizon. Okay, It'll good. probably take me another 10 years since I'm writing like one day a week on so the weekend. So episode 129, we'll be talking about it. <laughs> yep. You're going to get the whole pitch, guys. It'll be available on our website. Well, I, I love it. Thank you for that because I, Patrick's I just, pitch, I just went two. on a whole ride with you. Um, yeah, thanks for listening. That's Everybody, great. really, but especially you, Kelly, because anybody else could have fast forwarded. You had to sit there yes, nodding I, and I supporting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love you for it. Um, I nodded um, a lot. It was great. That's it for me on TV uh, and for the uh, the pitch segment. Um, that's great. Unless you've got more TV. No, let's uh, let's talk about some news. Um, news. Uh, the the uh, I guess the first thing we'll talk about is just movie theaters reopening. Um, AMC as a brand sent out an email a few, uh, couple of weeks ago. I'm sure you got it too. That was just like, yep. all right, here's our opening, you know, uh, uh, process and August 20th, which was a few days ago. Um, um, a lot of AMC theaters all around the U S reopened, um, none where we live, <laughs> but yeah. a lot of yeah. theaters reopened. And uh, and now there are uh, pre-screenings of Tenet happening in the next week, right. um, meaning they're having a couple of days of like early screenings. These are not press screenings. Press has already seen it um, in a lot of uh, cities and countries, so it's already starting to get reviews. But um, and then it opens fully September third. Again, not where we live, but nearby, <laughs> to the point where. You know me. I'm probably going to drive to Vegas to see Tenet um, in the next few weeks. So, um, anyways, I love and respect you so much for this. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you, I feel like you must. I really, have known. I really do. You I must really have do. known that I was going to do that. Um, but uh, yeah, Vegas is reopening, and uh, and some I, those tickets don't go on sale for a few more days. But um, I so, will yeah. say that it's Weird very uh, it's very ironic that um, that I, I we've talked about this before, but I lived in a place for three years where I just couldn't get any I get like one <laughs> or two movies I wanted to see yeah. out of ten, and I've moved to Los Angeles, the epicenter, and now Goldsboro now will have movie movie. North Carolina <laughs> will have movies <laughs> opened up again before yes. we will, and it really is a kick in the nuts. COVID so, is uh, a cruel, cruel thank bitch. You. Thank you, God, for that. Um, so also in the news, uh, Mission Impossible 7 is is still, you know, is filming again in the UK. Um, and they Seven just and had... eight filming simultaneously still? Oh, you know, I, I don't something. know. That could be. That was I, what I, I had know. read. So two-parter. It time. would make sense just because, you know, spend double the money so that you don't have to worry about the age of your actor. Yeah, at this <laughs> point, come on, you know, know, just get, give cram as many as you can. And, um, they were, they're filming, they had a motorcycle stunt to go wrong the other day. Um, Ooh. a, it wasn't Tom Cruise. It was a, a, a stunt man on a motorcycle. And he, I think he like flew off of it. It was, it was planned that he, he flew off of it to land in like a cardboard box, you know, bed and he did and he's safe, but the motorcycle exploded (laughs) and it wasn't supposed to explode. And so he's okay. I hope they got awesome footage of it and can use it. it, Oh yeah. I would, I don't know, but, um, but 
uh, it was caused a big issue because, of course, they had to shut down production and it right, caused yeah. many days worth. And this yeah. is apparently a two million dollar stunt, meaning it's part oh, of a, a big and it, that's Nobody an does insane it number. That's an insane number. Yeah, and so two million dollar or two million pound, I think, stunt and uh, six weeks to set up this sequence. And so uh, the the quote from one of the articles was: "Cruz is reported to be furious at the at the <laughs> the thing gone awry." And it's just like, okay, well, oh on. wow, I mean, what That's do you? you know. I expect nothing less. Um, yeah, Fun fact: anyways. there's a great motorcycle chase in my uh, spy film as well. So stay tuned. Yeah. That's great. Um, so a few other th- – I got a bunch of miscellaneous stuff that I think is all really good. So I'm going to get through it. Yeah, um, crush it. There is apparently a new president at Paramount Pictures, a woman named Emma Watts. It's funny. Wow. And, um, <laughs> yeah. and she – uh, there, there is a rumor going around that there's a lot of turmoil and shakeup around the Star Trek projects because, of course – they have movies they want to make, and then they've got all these shows. And now that the shows and movies are not separate IP, they're all they are all considered to be, you know, together. Right. Um, there is a lot of rumor that the negative response to these recent Star Trek shows is going to cause her to put her foot down and be like, "Fuck you." Alex Kurtzman, which is what I hope happens uh, because I, I, I think he's generally responsible for all of the shitty Star Trek that we have now. Um, so that's a that's a, a rumor, purely a rumor, but it's a positive thing for me. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, <laughs> it's, if I can interject real quick, it's yeah, worth go ahead, remembering go ahead. on a lot of this stuff too, though, that uh, we think of and we remember the shows that we love as being great the whole time, but all of the people involved will talk about how it took a season or two or even three to kind of mm-hmm. find their footing you sure. know, on some of these stuff. Sure. So I do, I do think it's problematic when you've got, when you've full steam ahead and you've got three mm-hmm. or four things going and yeah. all of them are trying to find their footing at the same time. Right. Cause you don't have that standard steady one, you know, like they had such a, a good idea and an interesting idea when they were launching, they would always launch the new show, right? Like five seasons in to the one that was really popular. Yeah. Like they, they did that overlapping with next generation, deep space nine, deep space Voyager, Voyager. all the way yeah. up through uh, enterprise, which obviously didn't work as well, well. but um, I don't know. That seems part here's of Here's my counterpoint to that. The, uh, the uh, attempt at something like Picard and discovery is in the same vein as all modern uh, television is Netflix, HBO, whoever, Lots and lots of money, uh, short um, term of episodes, so kind of miniseries-esque, yeah. continuous storyline, and the idea of something needing to find its footing to me doesn't apply to modern television. It might apply it to some, yeah. some uh, episodic stuff, but it it really doesn't apply anymore. No, you're right. It's a lot more um, like miniseries is the right word to say because our series now are sort of like miniseries. It's a miniseries. Season it's a like long a movie. It is yeah. written all at once. It is yeah, a like continuous story. It's written at once. And the finding your footing thing is largely a function of lack of budget, lack of you know critical or, or lack of response to the thing. Um, because uh, it's new and lack of uh, and lack of uh, continuous story, so yeah, you have a different yeah. writer each week, and the all of those of things are not big. currently in play. Um, everything gets written at once. Everything gets produced at once. Um, there's no need for brand recognition for Star Trek. 
Um, and, and we have decades worth of evidence of what works and what doesn't, not only in Star Trek, but all, all television. And so the idea that they are shitting the bed as much as I think they are is purely the fault of the creatives at the top that are saying what goes. And there's no one to blame other than Alex Kurtzman. So, you know, I don't know. I think we should kill him. I mean, <laughs> Ferris Bueller. And I lost the damn rot deal because of her. I think we should shoot her. <laughs> I think we should shoot her. It's such a good line. It's such a throwaway. So deadpan. Yeah, he's not unapologetic. I All wonder right. if that's in the script. It's so uh, satisfying. No wink at the camera. It's pretty uh, right. Right. Um, Check out Ferris okay. Bueller, everybody. High recommend. So uh, this is a funny thing that even Austin told me about the other day, and I took a screenshot of it. I got a targeted Instagram ad, I don't know if you have yet, of a candle that smells like the line when you're waiting for the E.T. ride at Universal Studios, (laughs) which no longer exists. A candle that smells like that. How? uh, I don't know. I don't I don't even know how they know what that smells like because, of course, it's closed. It's long since closed. And, you know, it was the, the line and that whole ride was like... You know, there's a lot of trees because you're kind of going through the trees yeah. in the line. Um, but Austin, <laughs> we were on a Zoom the other night, and he was just like, I got the craziest ad today. And he was like, who is this for other than me? <laughs> you know? <laughs> and this I was like, yeah, me happy. I got, I got the same ridiculous. ad. Um, wow. And I presumably this candle company makes other candles for other theme park rides. I, I don't know. But uh, what a crazy crazy thing um and i got a couple other funny things so uh actually this is this is a, a fun story so you've watched the orville right like oh, yeah. a decent amount um all of we're wait we're waiting on the next season but essentially the change that happened was that it's no longer a fox show it was essentially moved over to hulu Right. And we didn't. We don't really know much more than that. We know that they intended to have a season for us in 2020, but because of COVID, we don't know. Um, I was at In and Out like three or four days ago in oh, uh, Westlake Village. Yeah, right <laughs> in Westlake Village. And then so I'm inside. You can't eat inside, but you can order inside. So I'm inside, mm-hmm. and I'm waiting for my food. And there's a guy. There's like <laughs> when you go to these in and outs there's no one there you know there's just like yeah. no one yep. inside people take the drive through but there was one other guy in the whole place and he had an orville stunt department shirt on no shit. and he had a back brace <laughs> and so i was like hey man do you work on the orville and he was like yeah and, and tom cruise was furious about a stunt that went wrong. <laughs> no sorry and so he uh, he actually it turns out he actually wasn't in the stunt department um, and the back brace I don't think had anything to do with like <laughs> right, set injury hope. or anything like yeah. that but um, I won't t- say his name or what he does or anything but he basically was told me a whole bunch of shit about the Orville that I have a feeling virtually no one knows um, which is that they uh, so on Fox they were dealing with uh, about a um what did he say? He, like an eight to 10 day shooting schedule for an hour episode. And us, when we used to do tours, we used to tell people that that's standard, right? Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, an hour drama on a network is about an eight day shooting schedule, give or take. Sometimes it might be nine or 10, but that's pretty standard. He's like, yeah, we were eight, eight days plus two extra days. So it was always eight to 10 days um, shooting for each schedule uh, or each episode. 
currently this new season 25 days per episode what? and uh now i don't he didn't i don't think he said what it was before but now 11 million dollars per episode he said it's the most expensive show made this is wild that you ran Currently. into this guy and got this information. I didn't ask him any of this, by oh, the way. He just yeah. started spewing details. Wow. And um, I was like, that's amazing. And and they're like going to Prague to film. Um, the point, though, in all of this is that he said also that the reason for the delay on top of COVID and on top of the fact that Seth MacFarlane is a germaphobe and is not going <laughs> to want to restart production is that they filmed out of order and the first five episodes that they filmed for the season um, are not the first five episodes. So huh. they are totally behind in that when they do start, they got to really go right, back and right, right, right. catch up on the ones that are going to air first. So, um, well, let me see if there's anything else. But he they're said. still planning um, on just this season, this one season. It, it got canceled um, in the last few weeks. It was in the news that, um, that Hulu canceled it in advance of season three and we don't know why. And that's honestly the only question I asked him was what's going on? Are you guys done filming? Are you, are, because I heard it was canceled and his answer was explaining all this stuff. And I, I put that, I take that to mean that it just increased in complexity and budget so significantly that they said, uh, let's just make a really good season three and end uh, it because it, they're going to spend, um, you know, a hundred, hundred and fifty million dollars to make this season, uh, which is you know enormous. It's just interesting so, to me that they'd even put that in if they're on the way. Right. Well, I don't know. Uh, I I don't know why they're not continuing it, but obviously all that all that this means to me is that we're going to have a really awesome third yeah, season when yeah. it finishes because purely because of the budget and everything. It would be so. amazing if this guy didn't work on the show at all. And is a fan and bought a shirt and made everything. <laughs> right, up. right, right. Where's the back brace? <laughs> just so people will ask about this stuff. No, I'm just kidding. It was, it was really wonderful uh, talking to him and he was just so, so cool. Um, anyways, so that's, uh, wow. That's... You got in and out and had that exchange. <laughs> yes, were you yes, just like best day ever? Yeah. <laughs> best basically. COVID day ever. Basically. Um, that, that's uh, that's most of my news related stuff. Um, the, by the way, the, I just watched a YouTube video this morning. Uh, do you know how Paul F. Tompkins, the comedian, he does a Werner Herzog impression? You've probably heard it. <laughs> yeah. He's done it yeah. on podcasts and stuff, and he's very good at it. Um, I just watched a video, a YouTube video this morning of Werner Herzog listening to him doing the impression of him. Um, and <laughs> that I would be on board for. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and it's Paul F. Tom- Tompkins leaving a review on on Yelp for Trader Joe's <laughs> um, in the voice of Werner Herzog. And uh, anyways, it's just a fun thing to, to Google. Wow. Um, wow. And he was he was very complimentary. Herzog was. Um, all right, so I think we could talk about some upcoming movies. I've got a couple of trailers that uh, yeah. came out. Um, yeah. There's a new A24 movie directed by Sofia Coppola that just got a trailer. Um, and it's going to air on Apple TV+. Plus. It's called On the Rocks, and it's starring Bill Murray, of course, um, and um, and uh, 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 Rashida Jones is father daughter. daughter. Yeah, yeah. father-daughter scenario. Um, and uh, it looks very good. Uh, you know, I'm not a fan of all of Sofia Coppola's stuff, but uh, it looks good. I, I, I'm, I'm always a fan of the idea 
<laughs> a couple of stuff. You very know what fair. I mean? Very fair. And, yeah. and the execution is always like flawless. I just don't know yeah. if I always want to be a part of it. You know what I mean? Or, to yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, anyway. uh, no, she's, she's a wonderful filmmaker. It's really just a matter of whether you care or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, we got that little teaser of uh, LeBron in the new Space Jam thing showing <laughs> off the jersey. It's really just a jersey announcement, <sighs> is what that yeah. is. Yeah. But I mean, people are hyped up about it. Like, uh, Super a couple hype, of my yeah. friends who have never like for whatever reason are like my age but just hadn't seen Space Jam. Right. Most of them are in relationships and um they're like, So Dylan's finally having me watch Space Jam. You know what I mean? Like I'd never seen it. And then like threads sure. of us just like going nuts, being like, What? How did you never see this? And then right. me telling them about the how did this get made podcast that you've got to listen to about it because yep. it makes it better. Yep. All that stuff. But, well, for um, anyone that has never seen it before has to listen to that pod because oh, yeah, it's just come on. like who else hasn't seen it? And all three I, I of them. It feels wild. But again, this is, it feels wild, but this is once again, when I have to every now and again, step back and remind myself that unlike you and me, not everybody grew up watching like yeah. movies regularly, not just not watching everything, but just watching movie. Like everyone's seen a movie, yes. but not everybody grew up like, Oh, I'm going to go to block. We all talk nostalgically about going to blockbuster, how exciting it was. And that's such a great memory, but some people just didn't have it. <laughs> like just didn't yeah. do it. And it's, it's weird, but it it is what it is. So anyway, well, um, in, in more promising, uh, news, I would say, um, what do you think about the, uh, did you watch the Batman trailer? Hell yes. That's the first one I was going to bring up. And yeah, I mean, come on. You, you can't great. watch that. What, however you think the movie is going to end up being. I know DC is shit the bed a lot. Right. But right. you can't watch that trailer and pretend it doesn't look awesome. Like, oh, I mean, God, it looks there's a hundred things in that trailer that's like. I watched it and then I immediately put it on for just to watch. Uh, have, like you say, have fucked up so much in the past. But even though this is different talent than joker it has the same energy from a dc letting a filmmaker do the thing yeah uh, it has that same energy and uh and i think that matt reeves is a far more accomplished and detailed and quality director than todd phillips is so uh, i just i have a lot of faith in uh in this batman and i also think that robert pattinson in the last like 10 years has proven that he's really great yeah he's um, finally shed that sort every, of virtually everything take he's a done. while to yeah. get rid of the twilight shed that right, skin right. right but and and like the the bashing in my opinion obviously i don't condone people being assholes but like but the bashing in the extent of like this is worth critiquing is mm-hmm. all fair to me in my yeah. opinion. I mean, those are yeah. giant turds in my opinion. Yeah, yeah of course. So yeah. Just huge pieces of shit. Um, sure. <laughs> and it has nothing to do with me being invested in those books or not. They're just they're right, bad right. movies. I mean, the second Twilight movie is like on my list of like the five, ten worst movies ever that, that aren't yeah. like the room style movie, like yeah, actual sure, productions sure. that were by a studio. It's supposed but to be good. Yeah. That said, I mean, he's done like, I was just talking about the lighthouse, not my thing, but I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's just a, he's a talented actor. Like he's done a yeah. ton of stuff and also a bunch of indie stuff, which I think was a smart way to go yeah. where he really shines. I mean, we've talked about good times, you know, oh, um, so good. and you know, just a bunch of things like that. But also yeah. I was going to mention Jeffrey Wright, is I think he's oh, playing Commissioner so Gordon good. in this, right? So good. Straight casting. Yes. So it just, just keeps coming around. I'm not planning this, but uh, he was another one they had on um, on Movies That Changed My Life oh, recently. Cool. Yep. And he talked about – they always talk about what you've got coming up for the first like 10 minutes and then like 20 minutes of Movies That Changed My Life. So he talked 
pretty significantly about the Batman and cool. like talk, sitting down and talking to the director beyond what was on the page and mm-hmm. sh- seeing an actual shot of this is what the car is going to be. And yeah. he actually talked about growing up with the old Adam West Batman series on TV and how that was what influenced him. But there's so many variations on Batman and that's why yeah. we keep coming back to it. Um, but it was a fun one too. It's worth listening to. Um, and I do remember that uh, Apocalypse Now, that's the big movie. That oh, got life, it. Just so you know. So. Jeffrey Wright's great. Um, He's and, uh, He'll be and back as Felix if how, we ever how, get James Bond. Exactly. Movie. How cool that we get him in Batman and James Bond yeah. in the same like Pretty great. You know, year. Pretty um, great. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just so incredibly excited for that. The, the vibe of the trailer was so good. I think DC might be on a roll if they don't maybe try to make too many like f- super family films. I mean, we'll see what happens with wonder woman 1984, but um, I think, I think that, I think that the DC superhero universe could just be dark. I mean, yeah. you know, it's, it's not like I want to condone the dark gritty post nine 11, you know, shit more than it needs to be, but it also, I think it just is lending itself. It's the to only this. thing that's worked for them. I mean, part of this is just yeah. that Batman is the property that has worked for them. And Superman is the one that has not right. in the last right. 30 years. And Superman is the light and Batman is moves in the shadows. Right. Right. So I think they are deliberately trying to gear everything towards, yeah. but you know, if they hit with another property or two, if they hit with a flash movie or something that mm-hmm. might all change, like it really might not all be, I think one, one of the big thing, problems yeah. with Dawn of justice and justice league and everything is that they, completely leaned into the Batman angle and didn't, I don't think they paid their due to any of the other, co- you know, characters, right, which is, right. we've talked about this before, not giant superhero fans, but that's what Marvel did so well. I mean, they really found that balance and a tone that worked for all of these characters and some had darker stories than other ones, but it just, it all just kind of worked in the balance the mm-hmm. way that DC, I don't think has, has been able to do. But uh, but the Batman stuff has all worked, and I think this one looks great. And I'm well, and it's board. also interesting that Chris Nolan is obviously credited with like kind of rejuvenating oh, Batman. Sure. But at the same time, I think you can argue. I think people do argue that the character of Bruce Wayne and the character of Batman is like the least interesting part of those movies. You know, C- Christian yeah. Bale's performance is pretty one note, and even though Christian Bale's a great actor, I right. you know it's like. I, I kind of don't give a shit. Whereas then I see this and what they're doing, like with this young guy, it has potential to maybe put a little bit more weight on that character than yeah. even we got in the Nolan stuff. Well, this is um, part of the reason that I always really kind of uh, went to bat for Batman Begins because no right. one, when people talk about the Nolan trilogy, as much as everyone loves it, everyone's really just talking about the Dark Knight, yes, right? Correct. Like, and they're talking yep. about, and because of that, they're talking about Heath Ledger. Correct. And that performance. Not to say that there's not more to the movie. There sure. is. No, but Batman it. Begins, in my opinion, is the only Batman movie so far. And this one will probably change that. But it is the only Batman movie that was ever about Batman and not the villains. Right. right. Like right. Tim Burton, when Batman shows up on the big screen for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we he's already there. Like they're talking mm-hmm. about him. He's new. But there is no origin story other than flashbacks. And it's about sure. we watch Jack Nicholson become the Joker. And then even more so in Batman Returns, where you're getting yes. the Penguin's origin. That's the opening. All villains. Yeah. And then you just follow Catwoman until she becomes, you know. So – his That's training kind of, those have been with Ra's al Ghul in that yep. first one is so defining and interesting. Right. And, right. and even though that is most of that movie, you could even have more of that. 
you for know, sure. it could be just sure. that, and it would be very satisfying. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, and the Nirvana song in this trailer too. That um, uh, that's the I other mean, thing I want. I'm glad you mentioned. Just so many good choices, right? Yeah, so everything just works so just right. powerful. Yeah. Um. Anyways, so that kind of segues me into. Uh, this segment because we are going to do Rotten Tomatoes but before we do uh, I want to talk about Chris Nolan a little bit Um, the general consensus not from reading reviews because I don't want to read a review of Tenet but in the unfortunate instance where I'm scrolling Facebook and I'm reading one line comments about Tenet from reviewers or from news articles it's that he's uh, too complicated for his own good, and that it is a uh, it is a, uh, a a weird instance again of uh, something that doesn't have much substance. It's got lots of style, and it's way too heady for uh, mm. for people to follow. It's all good. Yeah. Uh, for its own good. So uh, I wonder if that will translate to you and I whether we will also struggle with tenant or whether we will enjoy it and i want to ask you what are your memories of inception when it came out in terms of your response um i was a fan i think like i remember being everyone maybe that's maybe everyone wasn't right that's my memory of it um i this this is a weird it's funny that you bring that one up because this is one of those weird movies that i had nothing really bad to say about inception when i came out of it I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, man, that was a fun thriller. That's what I thought it would be. It was smart in this way and that way. But um, our friend, Adam, who does not like those kind of movies. Sure. He's not a popcorn movie fan. I mean, he mm-hmm. almost won't go down for any of those. Um, right. Uh, to to my uh, – well, I won't get into that. But I love him. <laughs> he doesn't like him. Sure, sure. Um, and he was blown away by Inception. And I just remember he was raving about it so much that it almost – made me think maybe I didn't like it as much as I thought. You know what I mean? Like he right. was so on board for it that I think it kind of skewed me because I didn't have anything negative to say. I just didn't think it was an all timer. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about it like an all timer, you know, and in terms wow. of those kinds of movies, like it was, Oh, it's the best one of those kinds of mm-hmm. movies I've ever seen. Um, but why do you ask? So I ask because I hadn't watched it in a very long time. Okay. Um, you know, sometime closer to when it, came out it came out in 2010 so it's 10 years yeah and and obviously a God, lot happens in, a lot happens old? in 10 years you know um i watched it like a week ago and it's so fucking dumb <laughs> i i watched it with the intent of like yeah i'm gonna get charged up on chris nolan again because i had a memory yeah. of yeah thinking that inception was very intelligent and very mm-hmm. powerful mm-hmm. and that I liked it even more than all the stuff after like interstellar and dark Knight rises and Dunkirk. Well, like you're not I a fan of Dunkirk. I didn't yeah, like Dunkirk sure. interstellar. I love space stuff. So I, it, I, I loved that aspect of it so significantly, uh-huh. but it's also really dumb. Um, and I was going to say that about interstellar. It is you, dumb, and most yeah. people say so. And then Dark Knight Rises is also very not great. Um, yeah. but we again, love that series, but again, it reverts back to just kind of a you normal. Throw so much good um, visuals at someone; it's tough because he's yeah. such a master at that. And it's so cool that he does so much practical stuff. And, but and, essentially, what I'm doing is I'm 
I'm creating this list of ones where I'm like, no, these are Chris Nolan movies that I think are dumb. And I don't think that about The Dark Knight, even though it probably will end up being an overrated movie in our yeah. history. Yeah. Um, but what I will say is that I love The Prestige, and I have watched that I more watched recently. That so long. And I think it holds up, even though it's been probably a couple of years, but I've seen it more recently, and I think it's great. Um, Batman Begins, I really enjoy, but also I'm I'm kind of on the fence about it being great. Right, I'm right. I, I just I really enjoy just it. A good flip. Um, I haven't watched Insomnia in a long time. I haven't watched Memento in a long time. But uh, essentially, that rounds out his his uh, filmography. Right. And all that I thought in my head was I I think Inception is the one that I will still feel very strongly about. And I watched and granted, there's a couple of things watched probably the first act of it really high <laughs> and i was <laughs> i was really rolling my eyes the whole time well that's a and you, would, you you would think that i would be into it but i i was rolling my eyes i watched probably the next quite a bit of it um pretty drunk <laughs> the next day and then i watched the end of it uh dead sober one morning and so oh, it was over worst. three views yeah so it, it's a weird experience <laughs> but i also Coming out of it sober feels right. Sorry. I mean, yeah, yeah. I maintain, though, that uh, I just think it's dumb. And not even the dialogue or the direction of the dialogue and the writing. I think that the concept, so much of it, is so stupid that um, I, I just couldn't look past that. Dream Hunters. And I, I don't know. I don't know. Um, so this it's interesting is, that Adam felt so strongly about that because I, I don't think it would be the one if you asked him what his five favorite movies were 10 years right. ago, that would be the one he doesn't talk about anymore. And I think the okay, other ones fair are all enough. ones that he does because I actually recently asked him that. Um, but uh, it's funny you bring up Inception. I I would need to rewatch it. I, I think I was so high on him. Yeah. Kind of the settings he put in the brains of people and those set pieces. Oh my like God, you said, yeah. like what he does good. Like the Unreal. one so much like I know he's a huge Honor Master Secret, yeah, Master Secret whole... Service fan and all of the that mountaintop stuff reminded yes. me of that in the action sequence and scaling the mountain. But um I uh outside of Inception, and I would need to go back and watch that one, always kind of feel like in a very almost Stephen King way, that what he presents is always very intriguing. And the ride mm-hmm. is always really fun. And like you said, everything's technically perfect. And the the payoff or the answer or the twist, um, it's funny we were talking about Shyamalan last week, but <laughs> it, it almost What's never it is something that I think, it, it, uh, it never blows me away that I can remember. It's never, they're fine. They're not wrong. Yeah. But they're also not, it never feels special to me. And honestly, man, I would take this all the way back even to, I know Prestige is universally loved. It's like top 20 movies ever on IMDb yeah. ratings and stuff. Um, there's nothing wrong with that twist. I just, I didn't particularly like that twist. Like that wasn't necessarily what I wanted out of the movie, right. even though again, everybody loves it and it was a brilliant move and I, I understand it. I didn't see it coming or whatever, but at the same time, I was just kind of like, oh, okay, I guess that's what we're sure. doing in this movie. The sort of fifth dimension and him being with the wires and sending stuff back to his daughter in Interstellar, same thing. I thought the space stuff was incredible, but I was kind of like, all right, this is like if Cooper Then you can- get to the crux of it, and yeah. it's, 
if Cooper could answer the eyes. 2001 you stuff roll your eyes. and simplified it down to something that I was like, well, that's kind of dumb. Yeah. I feel like that yeah. would ruin that movie too. You know Correct. what I mean? Like, it, yeah. So I felt the same way about both of those. Um, didn't dislike Dunkirk as much as you, but I mean, again, it's a totally different thing. I feel yeah. like than any of these is. other yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, same thing with Memento. I, I, I don't know. I, I think the promise of a lot of his stuff is more exciting in the mystery than it's almost like sometimes you want him to stay a MacGuffin rather than. Well, it's, it's a, it's a real struggle right now because the whole movie industry is kind of hinging on his movie and he's been so vocal about it being important that his movie is seen the way that he wants it to be seen. Right. And even though, yes, technically, you know, yeah, if he shot on IMAX, he wants it in IMAX. And And as we know, he sits in every seat in the theater. (laughs) Right, right, right. Vantage point is perfect. We do know that. Um, (laughs) And I just, I just feel like that, even builds more anticipation and anticipation uh, or, you know, whatever it, it builds the, um, the expectation for this to be such a groundbreaking, wonderful movie. And a, it might be just as dumb as all the rest of these. Um, so that brings us to, well, well, ro- yeah, wait, yeah. Before we jump into Rotten Tomatoes, I, I do want to say that I think Nolan is, the perfect filmmaker for this era, even if I don't like this era as much for that reason, right? This is the same thing I've said about JJ Abrams. I think these guys are both the Spielbergs of the era, but I also don't think Mm. any movies by and large, or at least as like the status quo, like the overall looking at them. I just think they're all kind of shells of what we had 20 Mm -hmm. or 30 years ago in these movies. And maybe that was because these blockbusters were so new that they didn't feel defiant enough to leave out those scenes that kind of slow it down, but they right. provide the heart of it, even though the right. like you watch Indiana Jones or ET or whatever, there sure. there's still those four or five action pieces, set pieces that you're going to remember from the movie. That's mm-hmm. what's going to be fun. But I also think they took their time in making the film. And I don't think it's a bad thing to have a slow burn on some things. Like, you know what I mean? I think right. everything has to be so fast paced now and you know, all the Abram stuff, they're, they're fun, but they're, they all ultimately feel kind of empty. There's nothing that really well, all style, no substance. That's where yeah, that comes exactly. from. It's, and that's that Nolan. The I feel like they're yeah. the same in that way yeah. and they're brilliant technical guys, but I do feel like yeah. they're the same. So that's the last thing I wanted to say on it. And I'm well, I just, I, I've done a couple of little shoots with a friend of mine, Yuki, who is a uh, director of photography and he's really wonderful. And we, we talked, we chatted yesterday at lunch quite a bit about this <laughs> because I knew I was about to talk about it here. And he was kind of like, yeah, you know, Chris Nolan is like Michael Bay, <laughs> you know, he's over, he's oversimplifying, but he was making the point yeah. that yes, yeah. that we need to, Michael need Bay to is act, a one of one, but I see we need, <laughs> he was just saying that we need to acknowledge that, uh, that, uh, in terms of, um, kind of, uh, I don't know what the word is, but, uh, yeah, the way that, the way that we perceive him as an artist might be a little skewed and we might need to temper that to, uh, just acknowledge that what it is, which is that, uh, Nolan is kind of just a, a big blockbuster guy and he just makes big, dumb blockbusters that are and he's technically very big, smart ones. That's what's interesting he's about it, right? Like his people his, expect it to be yeah. so, so smart. And I, I don't know that I would use that word. Um, <laughs> I, you like complicated. You could say yeah. his movies are very complicated. Are You're right. But that's not the same thing as smart, you know? So, uh, anyways. Yeah, complexity uh, it, does not mean brilliance. Yeah. It's, right, it's, right, right. That's kind of the thing. So, uh, so can you uh, guess what Rotten Tomato scores I'm going to ask you? <laughs> I'm guessing we're going to do a Christopher Nolan. Uh, here we go. Here. Memento, 2000. <laughs> okay, so more underground. God, it's been Starting so long at the since beginning. I've seen Memento. I remember this was the hot shit when it came out. 
Yeah. Um, you're not including following his self-financed little indie. No, no you know, sorry. Right? Yeah, who cares? <laughs> it's like saying Quentin Tarantino made a movie before Reservoir Dogs, right, which he right. did. My best yeah, friend's birthday. Yeah, no thanks. All right. So Memento, um, I think, is remembered pretty fondly. I'll say, I'll say critics... 80 audiences 82 93 and 94 wow that is higher than i thought yeah all right it's so bizarre every time we do these it makes me wonder more what goes into this what's going on yeah yeah, i have no idea i have no idea Uh, insomnia 2002 i always forget this one is even his right um insomnia i think critics probably pretty good and audiences maybe didn't take to it as much if i'm remembering right um i'll say Insomnia. I'm going to stick in the low 80s. Uh, critics, 81. Audiences, 72. 92 and 77. What the fuck? Okay, so my audiences wasn't too far yeah, off. I just remember that. literally at that point, and maybe this doesn't speak to the movie as much as where we were as a society. Mm-hmm. I remember people actually being angry that Robin Williams was playing not a happy guy you know what i mean like not a good like oh he's not the pot like people were like well i don't want to watch that so like that's kind of where my audience store score yeah don't watch one hour photo yeah Yeah, you want to get real dark (laughs) uh we've got batman begins 2005 um god universally loved um i think by audiences too i'm gonna say audiences for this um I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to say critics for this 92 and audiences 94. Uh, 84 from critics, but spot on 94 from audiences. Okay. Okay. Very nice. Uh, Prestige 2006. Also, I feel like universally loved. I think critics. I think critics 90 audiences 92. Ironically, one of the lowest from critics at 76, but really? spot, spot on yet again with uh, audiences at 92. I know my audiences, baby. Yeah, yeah. All those big uh-huh. idiots. I'm just, I'm <laughs> one of them. All right. Here's the kind of centerpiece, uh, Dark Knight, uh, 2000. If, if, I'm, if I'm off eight. on Dark Knight, I don't know what to say about it. I think <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes for Dark Knight critics, I'm going to say 96, and for audiences, I'm going to say 98. 94 and 94, so very close. Okay, that that's fair enough. Yeah. Um, Inception, 2010. <laughs> critics 90, critics 90, audiences 94. Uh, 87 and 87 and 91, so okay. very and close again. You're, you're very close. And these are all um, floating up there in those 90s dark, yeah, and high 80s, man. <laughs> dark Knight Rises, 2012. Um, less liked, I think, but still pretty liked. I think critics, critics, uh, 78, audiences, 84. Uh, even higher, 87 and 91. Which, wow, for Dark Knight Rises. Yeah, that's it's uh, higher than I would have guessed. Yeah, huh. but whatever. Feels like given our favorite series uh, final installment, Return of the King, the Oscar for the whole I, I series. don't know what you know, like an award for I, the I'm, whole I'm, series. I'm not that's sure. What I it can, feels like. I I, no, we can move saying. on. I, I don't you know. Agree. I don't know. All right. um, Interstellar, 2014. Interstellar. Man, I feel like a broken record, but I'll say critics. I'll say critics, 88 audiences. 86. 
Uh, quite a dip from critics, down to 72. Oh, wow. Uh, thank God. Uh, and, yeah, I feel um, like that's right, but I thought yeah, they liked it more than that. Audiences, uh, you were pretty close at 85. Okay. okay. Um, and uh, we're going to go last but not least for now, Dunkirk. 2017. I honestly don't remember so much how people reacted to Dunkirk other than it was up for Best Picture. Um I think critics probably got off on the time time stuff. Uh I'll say critics gave it a 89, audiences gave it a 85. Uh 92 and 81. All right. Not yeah. too far off. Very good guesses, though. Did, did well enough. on that one. Yeah. Um, and uh, all that that illustrates is that all his movies, with the exception of two, um, which are funny because The Prestige uh, is being maybe my favorite, um, 76, but his lowest from critics is Interstellar, which that that tracks huh. to me. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, yeah. So uh, 72. Um, we'll see what happens with the scores of Tenant over the next couple of months because it's going to really take a while for right, enough right, people right. to see it and enough critics and stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah, anyways, um, I think that's it for that. Uh, do we want to do some hidden gems and uh, get the hell out of here? We we do, and we need to. I'm going to – there's one other thing. Yeah, I tell me. I mention if I can remember where I actually wrote it down. Okay, so I remember l- last week I, I mentioned some different podcasts, and just because this one kind of circles back around, there's one other one I wanted to recommend if anybody's interested in, like, movie podcasts. Uh, have you heard of Blank Check? Oh, uh, I've not seen movie, it. The I, yeah, I've seen it on my feed, but I've never uh, subscribed. What is so it? basically, it reviews directors' filmographies, kind of episode to episode. But it, but they focus in on like, I guess you'd call them auteurs that um, basically their early success afforded them the rare opportunity of that's where the quick blank check of just a blank check to make whatever you want, mm-hmm. and some of them being good and some of them not. But the reason I bring this one up more than even recommending the podcast to people is because last week. Or on our last uh, non-commentary episode, you mentioned the buried secret of M. Night Shyamalan. That is one of the episodes for this <gasps> podcast. Oh my god! So I gotta you check have it out. to check it out. Yeah, blank check. Oh. and the buried secret because they they this legitimately so take a, it's the end of their like they have like a Shyamalan kind of series. I think you know what I mean. And, right. Um, it's kind of the end of that one. But anyway, I saw that and I was like, I got to tell Kelly and. Let the world know. Cause sure, yeah. What? A, what a um, I'm I'm subscribing to it right now. Yeah, uh, that's so fantastic. Sure. I I just want someone else to talk about it. So <laughs> yeah, <there you laughs> that's go. exactly I, perfect. I, I, I do what that's I can perfect. for everybody. Um, All right. So my my yeah, hidden gem for uh, the week, if you're ready for that, yes, um, is actually a a film written by uh, a buddy of mine um, huh. and his brother. Um, and he is sadly, my friend has sadly passed away at this point, but, um, but, you know, check this one out. If you're into sort of B genre action flicks, mm-hmm. uh, it's a movie called enemies closer. Okay. Um, it is something that I didn't know when I'd have the opportunity to see, uh, but it actually ran on like stars channel or something like a year or two ago. Cool. Um, it's fun. It's, you know, it, they're not reinventing the wheel or anything, but it stars uh, Tom Everett Scott, uh, who we love cool. from that thing yeah, you do. Yeah, of course, guy. Um, and he's sort of the gay. small Lake Town sheriff type of guy, and uh, sort of international terrorist type guy, uh, Jean Claude Van Damme. 
as Xander. <laughs> cool. And another favorite of the Movies and Shit podcast, Orlando Jones, who starred oh, in yeah. Evolution, one of our commentary episodes. Wonderful. Um, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it is uh, uh, meant to be fun. Um, so definitely check it out. I should say uh, Jimmy Bromberg, uh, that's my buddy uh, who had yeah. passed away, and um, also Eric Bromberg, his brother, are the ones that wrote this script uh, and got it sold and got it made. Um, pretty uh, pretty awesome. Jimmy is that credited is awesome. as James Bromberg on the uh, IMDb if you look it up. But uh, it's, it's fun. It's worth checking out, uh, and that is my hidden gem for the week. Shout out to Jimmy. That's awesome. Uh, it's on my list. And mine is one that I think I mentioned in the very early days of this podcast, but I just want to reiterate. Um, it's a drama called Disobedience starring Rachel McAdams and Rachel Weisz. Ooh, and yeah. if you haven't seen it, it is just a, a, a really beautiful movie about like forbidden love um, in, the, in, the, in the Orthodox Jewish community. Um, and, uh, and obviously both of those actors are, are great. Um, but it's, uh, it's just, uh, it's just a very good love story. Uh, it, uh, you know, kind of, I was going to say unorthodox, which is funny because <laughs> there's no, it's orthodox. Um, the jokes write themselves, guys. <laughs> they do. They really do. Um, awesome. anyways, check out disobedience. Uh, it's, it's definitely a drama. But, we, we've uh, had that one very, on our list for a while, wonderful. so we will definitely, yep. uh, move it back up to the top of the queue. Very good. Well, I think that's it. This was episode 29. We're getting there. So next Man. time we'll be 30. We're almost 30. And, the fun uh, is almost over. That's Time for the back easy. pains and the aches. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Here we go. All right, guys. Well, thanks, thanks for sticking for with us, guys. Yep. Bye, everybody.